0: Ah, we are live. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is the Notre Dame fan. Well, I'm not going to say a happy Notre Dame fan, but a Notre Dame man Ooh. himself, Joe DeLeon. Joseph? I'm not in a good mood. You, you highlighted perfectly.
1: I'm not in a good mood in terms of uh, talking about my favorite team. It is becoming increasingly and increasingly harder. To be optimistic. And I know that we're going to get to all of it, but you're absolutely right. Not in the best of moods right now, Blake. Not in the best of moods.
0: Well, listen, people that follow me or AYS or the other show that we do, they know this hat. They know what it symbolizes. They know what it means. It means that LSU is, we're back. And you know what it means for Notre Dame, you have issues. Now, yeah. you know that I like to joke around. However, I do like to be serious. There is going to be a serious note that we have to discuss here tonight. One about Marcus Freeman, what I think that they're doing to him that I think is absolutely incredulous. I think it's absolutely ludicrous what they're doing to him. Mm-hmm. We will touch on that. But I think the biggest thing, and I think that – The door is being closed on this specific topic, why Brian Kelly ultimately left. And I think that when you are going to have a discussion on it, you'll probably disagree. But when you want to be a serious program, Joe, you got to do specific things. $3 million to Notre Dame is a drop in the bucket.
1: Look, we're gonna get into it, Blake, and we're—I think we're really, really gonna get into this. But
0: oh, me and you are probably gonna yell. i probably I, have to I, answer my other show because
1: they're <laughs> yelling yell at you. Look, again, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves before we get into the the opening read, but it, it's a little bit more complex than just the three million dollars for his for Andy Ludwig's buyout, which prevented him from being the next offensive coordinator. It's a little bit more than just them promoting their current tight ends coach to be the offensive coordinator. Is that official? It's not official, but I'm going to keep it as simple as this because I don't, I don't want to go any further. There are serious, and it seems to be the case, even without any information, I think anyone is capable of seeing and understanding that there is clear administrative issues going on at Notre Dame, and there are people stepping in and making decisions that frankly should not be anymore. And again, we're going to get into all of it. The frustration is mounting and I think a lot of Notre Dame fans are upset. I haven't found a single one that has been looking at this positively, but there is a lot to talk about here and it's just it's kind of come to full head. There is no optimistic outlook currently for for what's going on for Notre
0: Dame. Sources told me um uh, a couple of hours ago. Mm-hmm. And I told you this um a while, a long time ago, but you didn't believe me. When Brian Kelly got on the plane in South Bend to head to Baton Rouge, yeah, do you know what sa- do you know what song was being played? No, there goes my hero. Watch him as he goes. Is this a bad bit or is this <laughs> is this serious? It's not, a bad bit. Uh. it's not a bad bit. It's not a bad bit. Was being said. Clip it. People that love my singing will know it's true. All right, we do got a lot to get into. So Gerard Park Jared Parker uh, by the way was a teammate and GA of a really good buddy of mine uh Dick, we call him Dickie Lyons at Kentucky. Okay. Uh, I got some pretty interesting info on Jared Parker as a human being that I think is really interesting.
1: Can, can can I ask what does he know why his name isn't spelled normally? Why is it spelled with a G? I don't that's that's my first red flag there. It's it's G E R A D family the, name. i I don't know whatever needs to be spelled correctly
0: well to a tough start it doesn't look let me just tell you something notre dame fans keep saying that they're blue bloods blue blood being a blue blood don't mean shit when that ball gets kicked off and neither will the spelling of his first name (laughs) okay well i'm just saying it's a red flag
1: it's a little weird when you got somebody who spells their name differently it's like okay what's what's he hiding
0: We'll flip the script, though. Joe Todd <laughs> Munkin leaves yep. to the Ravens. We do not talk the NFL here. Um, but what a what an absolute uh, um, extension of the olive branch to yeah. Lamar Jackson. Uh, so the the sources came out today that Lamar Jackson was highly involved in asking for Todd Munkin, which oh, I absolutely. Yes. So apparently they asked him and like, look, we will not hire Todd Munkin if you do not approve. And apparently Lamar Jackson as a good show of faith. Look, the Ravens have been a very good organization. They've been run very well. Um, So I definitely can see that. I don't think that that's fluff. But Mike Bobo, who has been an OC at Georgia before, takes the reins. A lot of people don't like that. But when you have talent, it doesn't really matter. We'll talk about why that is true. But Joe, let's do this. Let's talk about our good friends over at BetOnline, betonline.ag, but stop right now. Joe, we are gaining subscribers on YouTube. Yes. I am going to – listen, I'm just going to give somebody $200. Until we get 1,000 subscribers, I am just going to continue to run the promo until we do it. We're getting so much closer to 400. 1,000 will be here before you know it. So go subscribe to the Rufino and Joe Show. Where you're watching the show at live. Also, tell there. your friends, tell your family. Yes. Like if, if Joe join the community. I told, listen, I told people. Listen, Joe, send it in a mass text. Like if you, if you, even I mean you, like my co-host. Yeah. If you get forty five people to sub, I'll give you the two hundred dollars. <laughs> okay. We need to get to this thousand very quickly. So go subscribe to AYS Sports and the Rafino uh and joe show stop what you're doing as well hit the like and share so many of you listening to us live on facebook joe shows killing it live on facebook as always do us a favor hit the like and share share those sec groups share it to your social media pages and we just told you about youtube as well Let's Talk about good friends over at bet online i'll give you the floor coming out you better be ready coming in hot like a chinese air balloon seeing 57. 50 seconds. <laughs> in game betting props and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50. That's Believe50, B L E A V, 50, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. I tricked you. So, you, you remember when you know we come out of the break? You, last episode, you said, "Oh, you always play that stupid little Sam Ellinger thing." No, no and I just, didn't. Well, I, I applauded it. I said that it was one of my favorite drops on the show. Okay, we're back. I get you two <laughs> stuff. I get you two uh-huh. stuff. So we do got to get into a lot here. I will give you the floor because I think I'll be a little long-winded. I think that you will be too on this Notre Dame stuff. So just to catch up everybody up to speed of what's going on. Uh, Andy Ludwig is the offensive coordinator at Utah, runs a lot of the same pro-style systems under center, runs just a lot of the same things that Notre Dame has been accustomed to running under Brian Kelly, and then under the first year with Marcus Freeman. So we all know that the Andy Ludwig situation, they didn't want to pay the $2.8 million buyout and then possibly pay him another 500 dollars to 600 dollars to $700,000 uh, per year. So they punted on that. Um, I did hear something. I don't know if you can confirm this. I was told that the administration at Notre Dame messed up with the contracts, meaning they got his old contract from the buyout. So mm-hmm. originally they thought that his buyout was $800,000, but when they got to it, it was actually 2.8 because he had signed an extension. So once they found out there was 2.8, they punted. The, the punted it down the road and like, look, we're not going to do that. So now, tight ends coach Gerard or Jared Parker. I always want to say Gerard because it starts with I, a G. I,
1: right. The way it's spelled, I kept thinking it was Gerard. And I even when I did my my notes, I typed in Gerard again. The name is. I'm mad at other things, but the name is not helping.
0: Right. It's not helping. But Jared Parker has had some time in the SEC. Played at Kentucky. Was a grad assistant at Kentucky. Was the interim head coach at Purdue was the offensive coordinator at West Virginia. Um, Joe, give you the floor on all this. It's getting pretty bad up there in South Bend.
1: Basically, from my understanding of the situation, you talked about there at the contract. What has been public information is that the University of Notre Dame, the administration, decided that they did not want to pay the buyout for Andy Ludwig, who we spent a lot of time on the last show right before the news broke, saying that Andy Ludwig was a great, candidate to be the next offensive coordinator maybe not the biggest name on the market but a very underrated one one who has produced multiple very productive offenses at a power five school and we mentioned how they need to go out they need to spend the money they need to bring in somebody that is an outside face that has a proven track record and instead they choose not to pay the buyout separate from whatever information is out there we can all agree that Notre Dame has the money to pay that I think a lot of programs, a lot of power five programs, even lower level power five programs have that kind of money to spend to get an offensive coordinator and pay a buyout. It's not it's not like we're talking 10 million dollars. This is 2 million. And then whatever his contract is going to be, that is a clear indication in my my eyes that there is clear meddling by the athletic administration and the school administration to push out Andy Ludwig as the the offensive coordinator. It feels as though the athletic administration is trying way too damn hard to put their control in the decision making of everything. And you talked about this is why Brian Kelly left. Brian Kelly got sick of it. He was there long enough. He produced some very good Notre Dame seasons where they played in the college football playoff, but when he wanted what he wanted, he was always turned away and maybe not maybe not have been given the full story and we're starting to see it kind of come to full fruition fruition now. We'll get to Jared Parker, I'm sure that we will. But my main takeaway from this is I don't know how Marcus Freeman is going to succeed if he is getting tampered with this much by the athletic administration. They need to stop and step out of the way and let the guy give him everything that he needs. He is a talented young coach, and if he is going to succeed and things are going to work out, he needs to be given the resources. If not, last season is going to be repeated, and they're going to be a four-loss team under Marcus Freeman's entire tenure leading this program until he gets hired away by another team. They will not get back to their their history of success if that is not figured out and if, the, again, the Athletic Administration does not step out
0: of the way. I think you said it perfectly. I, I thought that we would argue here. I think that there was a misconception when Brian Kelly left South Bend and went to Baton Rouge. Now, look, everybody knows I'm an LHU Tiger. I love LHU, but – At the same time, and you know, you wear the hat for jokes, and and I get it. But Joe LSU's not turning away Brian Kelly for anything that he wants. They gave him ninety million dollars guaranteed. NIL, they're giving him money. They're producing. Their collective is, you know, from things that I hear, they full the same. You know, they launched their collective two weeks ago. Alabama officially launched their collective the next day. You know, I hear a lot of Notre Dame media chirping, and this is not – like, I'm not joking here like I normally play around and stuff like that. They're like, I- I'm with you if you don't want to get into the game of paying players. Well, okay, well, other teams that are going to win national titles are doing that, though. You lost Peyton Bowen. You lost uh, – what's the defensive end? Keelan uh, Keeley. Keelan Keeley to Alabama probably for those reasons. But that's not the concern. If you don't want to do the NIL, you do, you want to be an 8, 9, 10 win team every year, good for you. Good for you. If that's what you want to be, your ultimate pinnacle, then good for you. But, Joe, the biggest problem that I have, the biggest problem that I have is I constantly hear, and this is from everybody outside that's not Notre Dame fans, oh, Notre Dame this, oh, Notre Dame that. Well, at some point, you got to shit or get off the pot. Okay, because until you want to actually do something, I'm talking about actually go out there and spend the money. You're not going to be worth a damn. And let me just tell you this. It's not just Notre Dame that has these issues. You know who else had this issue before last season? USC didn't want to do it. They finally spend the money. They go get Lincoln Riley. They're dumping money into the football program. Why? Because now with these TV deals, You're getting paid a crap load of money. Mm -hmm. We literally just saw ESPN. Let's call it what it is. ESPN pay a hundred million dollars to go get Texas and Oklahoma. Don't tell me that you can't do things in college football. And don't tell me that the Catholics don't have three million dollars worth of buyout money. Now, here's the bigger issue. And it ultimately is the biggest issue. If you're not going to back Marcus Freeman, then fire him. If you're not going to back him on his candidate, then fire him. You know why? Cuz you're not giving you're not giving him a chance to succeed at all. You- well,
1: here like here's what I how I see it though. I don't disagree with that, but I almost feel as though Jack Swarbrick, who is the athletic director is content with the results from last year and, and almost doesn't care if they'd get past four losses. They didn't fire they, him. But but that's my point. They need to fire Jack Swarbrick. And I don't know who who needs to make that decision. If, if that's the president of the university, he has allowed the athletic department and these programs to get, you know, kind of right up to the point where they're they're competitive, but not national championship winning programs. They, Notre Dame has a, has a history of in all their sports of being very, very good in basketball,
0: especially in football, in a number of different sports. I and, mean, hell, Notre Dame took down the, the best team in college baseball last year, and they didn't even fight for Link Jared. I know that he's going yes, home, but they don't even fight for him. Because they
1: don't want to they, – they're content with it just being good enough. They're too content with this being – a a product for an academic institution that they can be happy to say like, Hey, the football team's pretty good this year. That's what it feels like. It does not feel like the same history of Notre Dame that I didn't even get to witness when I was growing up because I have been living through mediocrity for the entire 24 years, almost 25 years of my freaking life. And I'm sick of it. I am absolutely sick of it. Hearing my dad who's an alum yell about it. I understand because they took they had pride in them being competitive and good in national championship contending in all of their sports. And instead, it's just a fun little thing to talk about with your finance buddies when you go to the University of Notre Dame. That's what it's become. And it's bullshit.
0: It, well, it is. And I don't know if you got to fire the AD. I don't know. It might be. It might be coming from the top. You know, it might be coming from the
1: top that that's what we've gotten to at this point. Do you where, think it's coming from Father whatever his name is? I don't know who the, the president is right now, but I, I know that when Father it's Hesburgh really was there.
0: Difficult for me, it's really difficult for me to think. See, here's what the difficult thing for me to believe or, or, or why I don't think it's money at all and they're trying to say it is money and it has nothing to do with money. Let me tell you why. We know for a fact, mm-hmm. okay, because LSU has to produce a profit and loss margin. They have to put in that profit and loss margin for LSU football the buyout that Brian Kelly had. Newsflash. Brian Kelly was making $7.5 million a year last year without the incentives. That's just a base. Marcus Freeman's making five. It's like you're paying Brian Kelly all over again. I think that there's an issue or people have issues with Marcus Freeman that are boosters that maybe did call the AD and say, listen, We're not paying this. We need to see more results. And that is going to be the ultimate issue with Marcus Freeman. I I don't – and look, this isn't a Marcus Freeman alone issue. This happens with college coaches all around. Les Miles had it at the end of his tenure if we're going to stay with the LSU topic. You know who else had it? Steve Spurrier had it at the end of his tenure at South Carolina. Urban Meyer had it at the last years and parts of his career at Florida. This is not just a Marcus Freeman issue. But you know what's interesting, though? You can say that you're blue blood, and we talk about blue bloods all the time. Can I tell you the the two words that bother me in college football more than anything? Is it blue blood? Blue blood. Because at what point does it ever matter anymore? It it doesn't matter. It's such a loose, arbitrary definition. The only true blue bloods, the only true ones, the ones that everybody say are just bona fide fact blue bloods that are making the playoffs consistently. She I mean, gotta, well, and you got to throw Ohio State in there, and you're going to have to throw Michigan in there for making back to back playoffs. That's just yeah. the truth.
1: Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to waste too much time going over it because it's it is kind of stupid. The argument no, of trying to explain right, blue bloods. So I don't want to go back and forth on that.
0: No, and you're right, yeah. I, and it's not a topic for today to discuss when we have to discuss this. But that is just the biggest pet peeve of mine. Now, listen, they they just hired a quarterback's coach today, meaning Notre Dame. I forget the gentleman's name. Is Gino something.
1: Yeah, he's coming from Wisconsin. He was previously at, at Cincinnati, um, and they they pulled him from the Wisconsin staff, which is which is goofy to me that they go outside to go and grab a, a quarterback's coach, but they're well, not going Jared, outside.
0: Jared is not a quarterback's coach. He's a wide receiver guy. Yes. Buddy, it's a very bad look. You know what? It, 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 I, I will just tell you, it is a justification for people in Baton Rouge. Whether you like it or not is a massive justification. Because, I, I mean, at what point do you sit here and it, – it, it, I tweeted this out, and I, I think that you like the tweet. It's the difference between what the – and everybody says that I'm crazy about this. It's the difference between what happens in the Southeast – and what happens in the Midwest, outside of Ohio State, they will spend money and they don't give two shits what you think about it because, Joe, they have the money. That is what the craziest thing. If Marcus Freeman wants to hire Andy Ludwig, do you think it's going to get worse than what you had last year? Joe, I, I don't mean this in a wrong way, but next year under Marcus Freeman is not going to be worse than you getting your ass beat by Marshall. Now, you know that I don't, I don't mean that in a wrong way. You got your ass beat by Marshall. It's not going to get much worse than what you had a season ago with the Rudy Pooh quarterbacks that you had. You know what? Notre Dame might even have a better season now that you have a better quarterback if you would have gone and gotten Andy Ludwig. It makes no sense to me. Well, here's the other thing, too. Them
1: keeping Tommy Rees last year was a decision by the – you know, kind of some meddling here by the administration again, because he was, you know, one of their guys. And that's what's happening here with, with Jared Parker, where they want to go with him instead of paying a buyout for an outside guy. That's not one of their guys, which is total BS. It's ridiculous that we're hiring and we're moving forward with a guy who his last offensive uh, coordinator gig was at West Virginia. Oh, and God, apparently, he so Apparently, he was demoted for Graham Harrell when he came in. And is Graham Harrell really that much of a, a, a genius offensive mind that you should be demoted for? I, I mean, West Virginia has been terrible. No, the but they were better seasons. offensively. They were and, better offensively than than
0: when he was calling the play. Right. It's, I mean, and so let's not act like, oh, Graham Harrell sucks. Well, if Graham Harrell sucks, then Jared Parker really sucks.
1: Yeah, that's my point. Like, I don't know how you can look at this guy and go. I understand him being a candidate and having the conversation with him, but I don't know how you can look at this guy and think he's ready. He's more ready than Andy Ludwig. You know what? Let's let's uh let's go with him. He's he's a really promising guy. I have no evidence. I had evidence that Andy Ludwig was good, and that was the whole point. We just went from a guy who was really young, a really young offensive coordinator who is still getting acclimated to the to being that high level of a coach in Tommy Rees, Why would you take a step backward when we needed to bring in somebody with more experience? It's obnoxious.
0: Well, I think Ryan in the chat has a really good question. He says, question, is that another reason why Tommy left for Bama? You know, you have to start asking those. Well, uh, I don't know about that. I, th- I think that that's – Well, listen, coaches know. Coaches know things. Coaches know things, and if Mark, if they're not going to allow Marcus Freeman, uh, if they're not going to allow him to be free, you know what? You know who Marcus Freeman is? He's just like a Disney movie character. He's it's like he's in the movie Aladdin. He's he's Robin Williams. He's the genie. He's got you know where you got to make the little three wishes, the last one to make him free. You, I set you free, and the handcuffs come off. That's what Marcus Freeman's got to do at Notre Dame for him to be any kind of have any kind of success. But I will tell you, it is interesting that Tommy Reese would 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 leave for Alabama, and I get that it's Alabama, but would leave his his, his stomping grounds, would leave his home to go somewhere else, and now look at the dysfunction that's going on at Notre Dame. It is, uh, is kind of weird. I think that
1: they're, those two things are unrelated, and it's what I talked about when Tommy Reese left, and I, I mentioned this on the show, a lot of people and a lot of Notre Dame fans and alumni, I think, were pushing for Tommy Rees to be out the door at the end of this season. A lot were kind of, not surprised, but were like lukewarm on him coming back. It's like, really? He's coming back after the up and down season and the frustrations that we had offensively that were sticking with Tommy Reese? and You understand why he got more leeway was because of him being a former quarterback there, him being a, an, an alum of, of the program. I think that him deciding to leave for Alabama was because he knew that he was on the hot seat, and if things didn't work out next year, he would be out the the door. You go to Alabama, you buy yourself a little bit more time, and you also get to work under a guy in Nick Saban who is going to be a little bit more controlling than Marcus Freeman. It's just a better situation because you're working with somebody who is the greatest coach in college football history compared to working with Marcus Freeman, who is new and still getting acclimated to everything going on. So I, I think that that it's a little bit more of a, a different dynamic. I, I I see it as that.
0: Well, let me tell you this, and this was the last note, and I do want to get to Jared Parker before we move to. Jared. Yeah. It is consistent with Notre Dame to hire from within. Marcus Freeman was the DC. Yeah. Okay. Brian Kelly did a lot of hiring from within. A lot promoting guys, I mean, Tommy Reese is a pure example. Henry was a prime example. I mean, Henry was an analyst at times, and then came up, you know, looking through his Wikipedia. I mean, it, it is typical. It is very typical for them to hire from within. And you could just go down Brian Kelly's lineage at Notre Dame. The only guy that he would really, really brought back in, but it's bringing back in, so it's not – it's kind of hiring from within – was Mike Denbrock. So, I I mean, you do see a pattern here that I don't think is good for Notre Dame. Here would be my ultimate question. Could you have gone and gotten Luke Fickle? Luke Fickle just left Cincinnati that was going to the Big 12 to Wisconsin. Do you really believe that if if they would have pushed the envelope, I know that they were in the playoff. But you, Luke Fickle's team just beat Notre Dame the year that y'all hired Marcus Freeman. If they could, they they had they did not have to hire Marcus Freeman from within. I'm glad he got the job. Don't get me wrong; I think he's a very talented coach. I don't mean it that way, but Luke Fickle obviously is a more experienced head coach yes. than what Marcus Freeman is. Here would be my 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 ultimate thing, and I've heard, I, I literally because I tweeted about Notre Dame. You know how the Twitter algorithm works. Then I just see all these tweets, like the Samson guy or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of Notre Dame media and people and fans that I see are talking specifically about, well, he's a good guy, and the players will rally around him. That doesn't mean jack diddly shit when uh, players will like him. That doesn't matter. Well, they, None of that matters when you're hiring, when you need to go to the next level. I am so sick and tired of t- – this is not a Notre Dame rant. This is just a rant. You know, the two biggest pet peeves outside of Blue Bloods that I have, oh, well, the, the team will rally around him. Well, is he a good recruiter? Is he good X's and O's guy? Like, what does he benefit other than the kids really like him? Dude, I love Ed Orgeron. Loved him. As a human being, he was a shitty coach at the end. It was like he got, you know, he busted, you know what? And he got out and I don't, I I don't, I've lived it. I've Mm -hmm. been there. I've been through six and six seasons having to fire up a podcast and tell everybody, Hey guys, it's going to be okay. Joe, it's not going to be okay. You're going to have to ultimately give somebody roughly $15 million to not work for you anymore. I think the last thing for me with Notre Dame on this is grow up. Grow up. I see so many people talking about NIL too. Joe, Dell will never win anything of relevance until they start getting things in motion. You shouldn't have lost out on Peyton Bowen. You shouldn't have lost on, on the Keeley kid. You had him committed. All you really needed to do was go get some money. And don't, let's not act like you don't have money. It is the biggest. Notre Dame could be a sleeping giant. Right now, they're still sleeping. It's like they took 75 sleeping pills and are not waking up. Yeah, no, look, I I don't
1: disagree with you on, on some of those points that you made where I think we this is really coming to full head where they they don't want to, and I said it earlier, they don't want to spend the money to establish themselves as one of the best programs in the country. And there is such a long history of success at Notre Dame. There is such an appeal for the brand. And also the academic prestige is a big reason why you're able to attract some of the best recruits in the country. That was why Keon Keely, when I spoke to him when I was covering Notre Dame for a little bit, I spoke to him. That was why he chose Notre Dame. He was like, I want to go somewhere that I can learn and, and better myself as a human being. And how did it pan out? And it didn't pan out very well because they are unwilling to spend the money. They're unwilling to spend the money, and I don't. I don't even think, though, Blake. It's it's like a a, a principle thing. I think it's just the program's like, you know, what? we don't want we don't really want to put the effort in for this to be any greater than it is. If right. we go to a bowl game and we win a bowl game, that's fine for us. You know, we're going to be independent. We're going to cash in on the uh, the right deals that we have every single year. We're going to be happy with that. The brand being so big, and you know, you stupid fans for for tuning in despite us being relatively slightly above average every single year and hoping for more. That's what they're banking on. They're never going to join a conference because it doesn't matter to them. If they win a bowl game, a decent bowl game every year, that's enough. They're content with the South Carolina win. That's what it means. That's that's what we're, we're working towards, is a South Carolina win every single year in a bowl game. That's I don't think we're going to get past that unless there is a complete overhaul in the, in the just general administration at Notre Dame.
0: You, your fan, Dude, fans got to get up in an uproar. You got to have big me- social media type of people. No, I don't have the following for that. <laughs> well, I, I mean like guys that played there, like Bettis, and I see somebody said Golic You got to go out there and legitimately make this a big issue. Yeah, the fact that Notre Dame alum and players aren't making this a big issue is why it's not going. They're going to continue to get away with it. I think Um, they're all
1: upset, but nobody's taking the
0: action like you're saying, which is where it gets. You got to take the action, yeah, Joe. I I mean, again, it. You you know everybody believe laughs at me besides Toss Alex uh, our good friend (laughs) over because he's from the South. People laugh at me, and I get it but it's like the NFL normally is a region. Like the NFL is just a very United States of America sport. Like any team in any location at any given moment can win. I mean, mm-hmm. you got a team in middle America running, running the NFL at the current moment. College football doesn't work that way, man. People are from all over the country, like Keeley or whoever Alabama can go to Alaska and get the number one player in the country. And they're in the South. It's a big, it's a big change. You gotta have a, the, you have to have a culture change. All right, I do want to move to Jared Parker though. Okay. All right. <laughs> so as I said earlier, uh, let me just say this: Dicky Lyons, who was a wide receiver at the University of Kentucky, a lot of LSU fans will remember him when he blindsided Craig Steltz. Um, knows Jared really well as a person. You can't, from what I understand, never have met the man. You can't meet a better person. Okay. Talk to a guy that's played with him. You know, was a was a player under him. Can't get a better person or a better coach as a person. Twenty sixteen, he was interim coach, uh, head coach of Purdue. Then in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, was the West Virginia OC Joe. They ranked eighty third in scoring in twenty twenty. I'm going to actually let him slide on that one. Here's why: COVID. I'm going to give him yeah, a, bit of a Yeah. Slide, okay. However. I would have given him a slide if in 2021 his quarterback didn't get worse and points per game didn't go down. Joe, they got worse. Now, that could be a Neil Brown issue. That could be a lot of issues. But everywhere he's gone, things have gotten worse offensively.
1: Everywhere. It's not, pro- it's not, it's not promising. It's It's what I commented earlier on your one tweet when you tagged me. To hire a guy who was previously demoted from his job And look, I'm not saying that people don't deserve second chances. That's not what I'm saying here. For this specific circumstance where you lost Tommy Rees, who, again, as I mentioned earlier, inexperienced, was relatively new a couple years into being an offensive coordinator, had his own issues. The way that they were going to succeed and get back to a a contending position is if they hired an experienced, reputable offensive coordinator from another Power 5 program. This is the complete opposite. This isn't even pulling a a mid-tier guy from a, a smaller program. Like, this isn't that. They're getting a guy who was demoted and was on the coaching staff because they're being lazy. That's what this is.
0: You remember a couple of weeks ago we had the Bill O'Brien talk, and I said that you had a Bill O'Brien problem. I mean, uh, Nick Saban, the disciplinary problem, you didn't have a Bill O'Brien yeah. problem. I don't know – I, I I see people saying that Notre Dame doesn't have an athlete issue. You do have an athlete issue, okay? Bill O'Brien, with all due respect, scored more points per game at Alabama with far less and worse receivers than he did the year before. And a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback. I don't want to go back into the Bill O'Brien thing, but my my analogy is, to your point to agree with you, and I fully 1,000% agree with you, Sometimes you need a coach that knows that, hey, man, the way that this game is going, we might need to run the ball on third and four and punt and and regroup on the sidelines because these guys haven't seen this before. I'll never forget, Joe, that we're playing Stephen F. Austin in Texas, and we ran the ball on third and seven. We're Mm -hmm. down by 10. And I'm like, what in the F are we doing? Well, it was my fault. We had not seen this type of stunt we had not seen this type of coverage before we regrouped score 17 point 17 points unanswered we win the football game Southeastern goes on to win the you know I'm out at that point but Southeastern goes on to win the Southland conference you need experience and you're not getting in here I think Joe and you're gonna highly disagree with me here you do have a talent issue on the outside you do not have the perimeter weapons to where if you just call a stick route, a guy can make the catch and go eighty. You you don't. You can say you have the receivers. You can say, Joe name the last time that you guys had that Notre Dame had a receiver that is Jamison Williams, uh, Odell will, will Will Fuller, who's a first round pick. Will Fuller was really freaking good. Uh, you know what? I will actually give you that one. And, and yeah. you know what? I'll actually give you Chase Claypool. Fair.
1: Uh, he, was little, he was a little. He was. He was. He was a little overrated. Hey, I mean, by the way, you know who
0: the offensive coordinator was for both of those guys?
1: Not, not Mike Denbrock.
0: Uh, actually, it was. No, yeah, exactly.
1: I know okay. it was. I know it was.
0: Okay. <laughs> My point is,
1: uh, yeah. I, I don't think that they do have. Look, this past it year, they absolutely did. They absolutely did. This past year, have a have an athlete problem. But they they actually this this recruiting class going into next year, the twenty twenty three recruiting class was probably one of the most athletic groups that they had. There's a number of receivers and running backs that are good explosive athletes. So that's where those those guys
0: make significant contributions while Marcus Freeman is the head coach. Well, those guys make significant contributions while Jared Parker is the OC. Joe, I'm talking about now. We're talking about – I'm talking about right now. Like, can you – do you have a guy right now that you know for an absolute fact when you go, who, who does Notre Dame play early in the season? I think they have a pretty tough opponent. Don't they? Don't they play we Ohio, play Ohio State? State to start the season? Do you? Do you have a guy right now that can go on a quick slant and take it an eighty? Not that, that I know, know of. Not right that I back. know
1: of, and we so also that, don't have Michael Mayer anymore, which is which is very troubling.
0: So that's my point. Not only are you hindering your head coach when it comes to the offensive coordinator, you're hindering him in, in, into a point where. Hey man, you're not giving him money for NIL either.
1: The, yeah, no, look, the the, the lack of app ath- see this is my 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 further to further my point that I was talking about earlier, why they needed to get somebody with experience at another power five program and why Ludwig was so perfect is that because when he was at Utah, they didn't have explosive, crazy, freaky athletes. They did it. They had a bunch of three-star recruits with some traits, and he found ways to scheme them the football. He found ways to run the ball effectively. White dudes, wide-ass open Mormons. He turned Cam Rising into a superstar. Uh, He made him look way better than he actually is, and it's—he would have been so perfect, Blake. He would have been so perfect, and and Jared Parker is not going to move the needle. They're going to be average. They're going to be worse than they were last year. I. There is no shot in hell that things improve with jared parker as the offensive coordinator i look and the other thing too is okay. i can maybe sit here and make the argument if, if marcus freeman was an offensive coach if he came from a background as being an offensive coordinator right. i can maybe make the argument well well some of that's gonna translate over some of that decision making some of that coaching prowess the the scheme is going to translate over but he's not and last year he had no control over what tommy Rees was doing so now we've got a guy Who's not a good offensive coordinator has a proven past of not being a good play caller taking over and nobody to step in on him. It's, it's going to be disastrous. It's going to be disastrous.
0: It's a big issue. It's a big issue when you won't let your head coach coach. I guarantee you what's your LZD's name again. Uh, uh, Jack Swarbrick. Swarbrick 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 does he know what a cover three is? Probably because not. if he doesn't, then he doesn't need to tell Marcus Freeman Jack Diddley about anything football related. I want to look up his background. Wow, well, I forget where he came from. He... God, you better pray to God that he played football. Because if he didn't, what's he mailing with Marcus Freeman for? I, you know what's interesting is Marcus Freeman's going to wind up getting uh, getting fed up with this. And he's gonna leave, and he's gonna be a great DC somewhere. He might, he shit that he might be the next DC at Bama. Whoever really knows? <laughs> be, there's so many different places he could go and have better, more freedom, you know, than anybody else. Uh, the troll sniper on uh, here on YouTube says he's a lawyer.
1: Yeah, he has a lawyer background. Um, uh, he's a Notre Dame alum. That's the extent of it.
0: You know what's interesting? Chris H says this on YouTube. I just saw Kevin Sumlin is officially back in college football and he's Maryland's tight end coach. Yeah. He's, he's someone, I mean, like so dude, random. you could have hired Kevin Sumlin, and he would have been a better fit. Really and truthfully, he would have been a better fit than what you got right now, at Jared Parker. Dude, they averaged 37.4 passing attempts per game in 2020. 37 and a half passing attempts. Their quarterback only had 14 total touchdowns and who now, the hell I, was even their quarterback i don't even know who's a jared jared uh doge oh Daggy, da,
1: jared Daigie, Daigie. oh he stinks he, he you know where he was this past year no Troy. and he wasn't even the starting quarterback i'm pretty sure i might be mixing that up wait
0: you can't be just researching stuff you gotta know this stuff i do i do know this stuff but i want to confirm that's that. That's, okay. that's all that matters. Well, either way. He
1: was it Troy, and he got beat out. So he wasn't even the starting quarterback. That's how pathetic this is.
0: Well, so I am going to push back in a good favor of Notre Dame for you. You ready? I'm going to give you some hope. All right. You do got Sam Hartman.
1: Oh, man. He, he better be the second coming of Christ if
0: they, <laughs> well, they want to win some football
1: games, man. You're talking
0: about Notre Dame. I mean, saying this is the second coming of Christ, you know. I, he's gonna have to have for them to win ten games. In my opinion, he's gonna have to have a meteoric rise. He's gonna he's gonna have. You know what? You could Joe. There are so many good offensive coordinators that Notre Dame could have gone after. That this just makes it look so so bad that they're doing this. Why don't you go and ask a guy from Wake Forest if he wants to come and take Sam Hartman? And, y'all, and they'd run it back. D- you know, there's just so many dudes. Here's another, plenty of options. You know who else and probably would have taken a pay cut, and you're going to hate me saying this, and I brought it up two weeks ago, and I brought it up last week, and I'm bringing it up again. You could have called Dan Mullen. He doesn't even have a buyout. D- that, that one's the most. And he also, I don't know if he's still getting paid by
1: Florida. I don't know where, where that sits. Well, With
0: regardless, like- they owed him like 15 to 20 milli. Bro, they're paying. Think about this. Dan Mullen is living such a cush life because he's probably getting paid $5 million a year from ESPN. He's probably got a $20 million buyout. And you're saying you probably could have got the man for a million dollars a year. A year. Blake, you're stressing me out. You're stressing me out that even all these names.
1: It's so stupid. It's so unbelievably stupid. It's like the last guy on the list that you go with. It's just – it's lazy. It's, it's almost like they didn't want to spend the time interviewing people that they just went with Jared Parker. I, I'm i so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. And you know what? When I watch 9-4, and 10-3 next year because they have a cupcake second half of the schedule and they lose to Clemson, USC, Ohio State, and someone else stupid – I'm just going to be banging my head against the wall and banging your head against the wall like I do every single year, Blake.
0: Well, you know, look, you start off against Ohio State, as we just mentioned. Um, Let me see. No, actually, y'all go to Dublin, right? Yeah, we. Uh, uh, my dad and my
1: brother are going to that game in, in Dublin. Oh, really? Navy. You, yeah. don't
0: start, you don't start off with Ohio State. You got them. No, week we, zero game, in yeah. So you start off with Navy in Dublin. I think you can get a win there. Then you got Tennessee State, maybe a win there. Oh, North- stop it, buddy! I, I mean, the way that y'all played against FCS and 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 well, they
1: never played in FCS. This is the first time. It's the first FCS matchup that they. Well, they had. They,
0: they, you, they they had to. They got to get a rent. They got to get a rent and win somewhere. Yeah, Tennessee State, Central Michigan. So look, you could potentially go one, one, two, three, four. You could start the season four and up. Oh.
1: Yeah, it's th- there's an easy slate of games to start the season, but then they've got Ohio State coming to them, which is not a game that they're going to win. They have USC coming to them, not a game that they're going to win, and then they also travel to Clemson, which is again a game that they're not going to win.
0: Chris H. says that Mullen likes the broadcast booth. You know who else likes the broadcast booth? Nobody. When you're getting paid that much money, you know what's even? You know I'm going to tell. I'm going. You know what I'm going to tell you. You know, I would say you could have even. Did you see this article today? And, and Adam Scheffner and Ian Rappaport reporting that Carolina, uh, the Colts, the Eagles, all reached out to Dan Arlovsky to be the next OC of their uh, of their teams. That one's
1: ridiculous.
0: That one's so, so
1: stupid.
0: But here's the th- here's the crazy thing, though. Would Dan Orlovsky not be better than Jared Parker? No,
1: I, I I push back on that one. I don't okay. think so, because okay. he's never coached a game in his life. At least Jared Parker's been a coach before. Dan Orlovsky might be smart, but it doesn't mean he knows how to coach.
0: Well, what's so crazy about all this is that they were, like, blowing all – and we got to get to – we got to get – because we only got, like, six minutes. Yeah. Seven minutes. Um, all this Joe Brady smoke, right? Like, brother, Joe Brady's got, like, a $7 million buyout.
1: Well, that's the that's the more effed up part is that that was one of the first names brought up was Joe Brady and he's got, and that wasn't even in the oh, stratosphere. Senior,
0: I think he's got a uh, three year like nine million dollar contract. Even if even if he was interested in coming back to college football, there would go to Notre Dame. No, he no, would. Notre Dame wouldn't have taken him.
1: Notre Dame yeah. wouldn't have freaking taken him. Well, that's
0: them. True, mm. stinks. Well, you know how good programs are, Ron. Though, um, like Georgia. Georgia <laughs> made – you know what's so bad transitioning here? Yeah. Georgia, ma- Georgia literally makes Notre Dame look so bad because they literally lost their offensive coordinator in a day and then within an hour, Joe, within 45 minutes, they hired their offensive coordinator in Mike Bobo.
1: So that's the hilarity of it is that you've got Notre Dame who's slopping around and they're just like, you know, it's at, it's like you're at recess and you're, you're trying to pick a team for, for kickball. And it's like, Hey, what about that guy? Can can he play? Can he play kickball? But meanwhile, (laughs) you got Georgia who's uh, who's got analysts on their staff who some of us don't even know that they're on the staff because we don't pay that close attention to the analysts. And they're like, Oh, Munkin's leaving. What about Bobo? He's an offensive coordinator who's just kind of hanging around being an analyst. Why doesn't he be our offensive coordinator? They, they've got so many elite guys that they can just pull from. Now we're, we're going to dive into if this makes sense or not, but it's just well,
0: kick it's it off. hilarious. That makes sense. Kick it off. Let's talk about it.
1: So we talked about earlier of Mike Bobo's history, and I think from his early history as a as a coach, I think it's I think it it's a perfect fit. Former quarterback at Georgia, he was the offensive coordinator Blake for Matthew. Kirby. Played with Kirby as former offensive coordinator for Matthew Stafford and Aaron Murray amongst some very talented offensive players. That's a really positive step. But the only thing that's a little tough for me is that his career since that point when he took over at Colorado State and he had stops at South Carolina, he had stops at Auburn, has been a little bit gradually downhill. Things have not been very good. He he had a very rough time at Colorado State, which is not a good program. It's not a team that you're going to get a lot of resources to win. And then in addition to that, he took over and was kind of a scapegoat at Auburn in Brian Harson's first year. Brian Harson needed to blame somebody, so he fired Mike Bobo, but that offensive play calling was disastrously terrible. It did not fit with Bo Nix. I think what you mentioned earlier in the show, Blake, is that when you've got really good talent, your job's a lot easier. And I think he was in a lot of situations where he was trying to band-aid, and he's not... He's not a a Garrett Riley. You know, he's not a guy who's going to scheme up some crazy stuff or an Andy Ludwig that's going to scheme up some crazy stuff with some lesser athletes. When right. He's a guy, when he's got the athletes, he's going to do a fantastic job, which is why I don't think this is going to be much of a step down at all. Georgia
0: returns four of their five offensive linemen, a fifth that rotated in and out. Yes. Joe, it, every offensive coordinator looks like a genius when you can get five yards per carry. Like, they returned Cedric Van pran uh, they look like geniuses when you can call 32, 33, 34, 37 dive or, or, or outside zone and get five yards consistently. I think that Mike Bobo, I think Kirby trusts him. Um, I, I think that, you're, that Auburn was more of a Brian Harson issue with Bobo. Look, he wasn't a good head coach. Neither was Todd Munkin. Sometimes guys just aren't good head coaches. I really do think that, you know, there's a system in play here at Georgia. He's going to run a lot of the same stuff. And quite honestly, maybe some verbiage changes. Like I talked to a a GA at Georgia today. He's like, but they're going to change some verbiages. They're going to put in some other things that Mike Bobo likes. But other than that, the the show keeps going on. Like he's going to call a lot of the same stuff because you're, why would you completely change a playbook? You can call the same plays in the same formations and do a lot of the same stuff, and the coach just changed his verbiage. Mm-hmm. I think it's. A, I think it. I'm not going to say it's a good hire because I think Georgia, like everybody's going to say, "Oh, look, Georgia's human," right? Like people will say that next year, even though it's so stupid, they will say, "Oh, look, Georgia's human." They just went back to back natties. the The chances of them winning another one next year aren't that very aren't that high. We haven't seen it before. Literally, we have not seen it before. I think it's a a good thing. I, I don't mind Mike Bobo. I think from talking to people at Georgia, like I did today, I think that they believe that their defense is just going to be just as good as what they've been producing. With that being said, buddy, sometimes you can just run the football and play good defense and play ball control because their schedule is not that strong. And I'll be the first to admit they don't have a strong one, but when you go up against a team like Tennessee, can Mike. Bo- this is the ultimate test for me for Georgia next season. For Mike Bobo. Can you out can you outdo Tennessee? If you can outdo Tennessee, then you'll be fine. If you can't, then you're gonna be in trouble. You do have tough opponents you might have to score with, like an Auburn. Let's see what Hugh Freeze can do. And you know, th- that's a guy, Joe, as we talk about the SEC that we do we have not talked about. Right. And nobody's talking about him, and it's exactly what Hugh Freeze wants. Is nobody talking about him. I think it's okay hire. I don't think it's a great one. I don't think it's a bad one. I think Mike Bobo. Let me just say this. If if Notre Dame and talking about both these teams, if Notre uh, Dame had hired Mike Bobo, just hear me out. Yeah. Me yeah, me. yeah. If they would have hired Mike Bobo, he would have been a better offensive coordinator than both of the guys that they had. Reeves are now Jared Parker. He just is. Yeah. He's got, and so what's crazy is, is that you can make a subpar higher at Georgia, and it'd be better than what Notre Dame's doing. Right. To not backtrack on Notre Dame, I,
1: I totally no, agree. No, we're with, not. I'm just. Yeah. I was just putting the. To, but I totally agree with 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 the conversation here. And one of the ways that I kind of put it is, it's a nothing higher. And I know that saying that seems like it's got a, a negative connotation, but you don't want to bring in somebody that's going to completely shake things up. You want somebody that you're just going to be able to step and continue with what was going on. So I think you lose Munkin. He's a great, great offensive coordinator and he's going to the Baltimore Ravens. And now we've got a guy who's not going to change too much. And we all know here's the key thing. The bread and butter for Georgia is not offense. This isn't an offensive-minded team. They've been really good. i got to push back on you, but continue. I got They've been really good offensively, but my point is is that Will Muschamp is such a great defensive coordinator, and they've recruited so well defensively that the primary focus here is how well do they show up on defense, and the defense is going to win you football games on the days that maybe Bobo doesn't call a good game plan in in the instances where maybe Georgia fans are are frustrated with the offensive output, and you're going to make a transition to a new quarterback. I know that that and I wrote down that that Monken was was in the top 10 in the back past couple of years when he was calling plays before 2020 they're losing that obviously but right. this has always been a defensive minded team all their best athletes are on defense they're not losing anything there so there's nothing to be concerned about if you're a Georgia fan
0: As we close this out and they're getting bet- and they're bringing in guys at the wide receiver position from the portal Absolutely You know it, bro- Look, Brock Bowers is still alive. He still has a pulse. Just get him they're the ball. Still, they're still recruiting at an extremely, extremely high level. And I will tell you, as and as we sit here on the, uh, February 15th, the day of our Lord in the year 23, 2023 of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they're going to be the best offensive line in the SEC. It's not. Yeah. I, I think. I think LSU and Georgia will have the both best offensive lines in the SEC. They return too much. Their running games are too prolific. For that being said, alone, Joe, when you can get five yards per carry, and people, you know, people are amazed by. Oh, he threw a four pass. Sounds good. If you can get in the in the trenches and get dirty and run the football, they'll be fine. And I think that they the 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 worst thing that they, that they will have next season is having two losses. It's the worst thing yeah. they have. They're not yeah. going to lose more than two. two their, games. their schedule's too soft for it's frankly. Too soft. For them to... the, the, the biggest games that they have are Auburn, South Carolina, and Tennessee. Tennessee's going to be the real ultimate test. And the real hypothetically, they test. lose that game. The other option they can for a still loss. Be is, in the playoff. Yeah, they can, they can be in still the yeah They'll be in the playoff, man. And that's what the crazy thing about all this is. And it all starts with the recruiting. All right. Joseph. Great show. Well, it it was, and you know, it was. I just hate. Look, I do, I do hate seeing this for Notre Dame. Like, I, I really do. I, I'm not, I'm not being. No, I know, I know. But and you I know what you know what. I'm going to leave you on this, and it's going to make you real, feel really bad. Are you ready? You better be careful here. Chris H says, "I still can't believe Notre Dame isn't giving By- uh He says, "Brian, but Byron Leftwich." Uh, serious look.
1: Byron left with Byron Leftwich Lef- was not actually interested. Byron left was, was
0: was not actually interested. Bro, I, in the that know, was misreported bro, I on. That, I know that you were born in the two thousands. Okay. Or, or or no, you were born in nineteen ninety eight. I would assume. Yeah,
1: nineteen ninety eight. That is correct.
0: Okay, let me just tell you something. As someone who's lived twelve more years than you, money talks and bullshit walks.
1: Re, re, let me afterwards. What I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. I think I forget if I gave you the context of this, but that that story was was misinformation oh. the byron Leftwich thing okay. that was why i'm saying that i'm not just saying like oh he wasn't interested he would have hired her. he legitimately Wait, was. so was
0: somebody interested. in notre dame publicized false information no
1: it's not it's not anybody that i know it's not anybody that i know i'm, I'm, I'm know, establishing no. that right now it's,
0: okay
1: sure uh, different com- di- completely different website all, all i'm saying though <laughs> that that it seems like that 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 story was not uh from my understanding that, not that accurate that, yeah yes okay
0: all right good show buddy um we won't be live tomorrow i can't do back to back um maybe really saturday sad. uh we will discuss okay oh you, you, we got to discuss now mm.
1: well i gotta i i, I'm gotta go, I, I, w- I thought we were going tomorrow and i on. <laughs> I can't go tomorrow. Sat- Saturday, I'm going to the uh, to the Genesis Invitational. So we, we we actually we maybe we can go early in the morning. We can we can figure it out.